0: Welcome Pewter Report readers and listeners and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledger from PewterReport.com, along with me today, the one and only, the man who was at practice with me and saw every moment of brilliance from our the subjects that we'll be discussing on this podcast today. Subject? What are
1: you, uh, a royal king? Are you, yeah. are you decreeing that the Bucks' defense looks spectacular today?
0: It is. It is a, dec- <laughs> it is a royal decree that the Bucks' defense <laughs> looks spectacular today. And in particular, one Devin White. Matt Matera is with me to discuss today on the Pewter Report podcast. Before we get into Devin White, though, Matt, we've got to talk about our friends over at Celsius. Tropical Vibe, and you've got... Peach uh, mango,
1: the, yeah, the gua- peach mango right? green tea. No, peach, yeah, peach mango.
0: Peach mango green tea, yeah. Tropical vibe I've got here. It's the sparkling starfruit pineapple edition. If you haven't added, it, it's the newest one, and it is a game changer, folks. If you're not familiar with Celsius, it powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. You want to make sure you're tapping into Celsius Pinky's because, out. yeah, Pinky's out and drinking it up because this stuff will sustain you, it'll give you that energy boost but there's no sugar and there's no crash. So that's, what's terrific about tropical vibe. Uh, we've enjoyed it a ton because of that. Uh, it's been uh, tropical vibe and all the Celsius flavors, really depending on find your flavor, go to Celsius.com, check out all the different flavors and uh, figure out what works for you. Tammy is sipping on a Celsius raspberry. Well, I love that one. The raspberry. I haven't even had many of those. That's a good reminder of me yeah. that I need to get some of those. Um, but yeah, no, there is uh, plenty of flavors. It has become, yes, a little bit of a phenomenon, the brilliance of Celsius and their energy drinks. So make sure you check it out, rocking the Celsius shirt, rocking it down to practice today. I love it. That's great stuff. All right, Matt, uh, today at practice, uh, one Devin White was what we call balling out. Um, And it's kind of launched us into the beginning of what we're going to talk about on today's show is we won't just talk about Devin White, obviously, but it's getting to that point where we've said, you know, everything that about Devin White is, is all the traits and tools, not only to be good, but to be the best linebacker in the NFL. I don't think that's an exaggeration to say. I mean, he's a top five pick as a linebacker, all the traits, the physicality, the athleticism, the desire, the work ethic, the smarts. It's all there. It's just a matter of it coming together. Todd Bowles mentioned a couple things specifically that he needs to improve and work on. But, yeah, it has been, uh, you know, it's definitely kind of, Been one of those brilliant performances for him to open training camp that makes you think, man, this guy might just figure it all out and be as dominant as he can be.
1: And it's insane. He's only going into his third year. Like we're seeing it all happen right in front of our eyes. He just gets better every single season. It seems like he gets better every single practice. I mean, the one knock on him was his pass coverage. And we've seen him improve, at least in this training camp, we've seen him improve leaps and bounds because he's guarding all different players. Like, he'll be on Gronk for a couple of plays in a drill, and then he'll be guarding Leonard Fournette, and then it's Ronald Jones, and then he's on another tight end. So he's switching back and forth. It's not like he's specifying one specific type of player. He's a leader of this team, I mean, uh, on the defensive side of the ball. There's a reason why when we did our our picks, I believe it was – Almost two weeks ago now, mm-hmm. time does fly. When we were picking players uh, that we were going to keep as a lock if we were going to do an expansion draft, I had Devin White number one because he's the linebacker of the future. He's a linebacker of right now with Levante David, but he's also the linebacker of the future. I think he steps ahead than what anyone already thought Devin White would be, and we thought he was going to be a top-caliber Pro Bowl player. He hasn't gotten to the Pro Bowl yet. I right. think that's going to be coming very, very soon. And, man, what he was doing out there today with, with the hits and everything like that. I mean, the hits were just the tip of the iceberg with what mm. he was doing. But right. that was, as I put in our uh, inside training camp story, that was the exclamation point of what Devin White did today,
0: right. Oh, it was. And I mean, it was it was flying around. It's the flying around and being everywhere, but also learning to play more under control. The processing was so clean. He made a tackle for loss early in the early in the practice, you know, on on London uh, Fournette. Um, he kind of burst through the line of scrimmage and made that play. And then, yeah, he was flying around to the flats and he broke up a couple of passes. He, you know, he stopped a screen pass, so, you know, or he made, what, two tackles in each flat, the right and left flats yeah. for double gain or no gain. I mean, he's, he broke up two passes, I think, underneath coverage. Leonard kind of dropped one, but he also came in and knocked it the rest of the way out when he was bobbling it. Um, he's just been everywhere. It's hard to even overstate. I mean, he just – you can't really do anything around – Either flat or in, in the run game, obviously, he's got a great group in front of him too. But his dominance has been crazy, and it's we know it's not like this flash in the pan or anything because we saw it twice right. the year last year. We know what kind of traits are behind it. It's not like he just lucked into a couple of good practices. We've already seen a couple of years of this guy. You know, it's not like, oh, we're still going to try and figure out what Jalen Darden is. We're excited, but we're still going to try and figure out. Mm. We kind of know what Devin White is, we know how his skill set fits and translates to the rest of the league. We know it's a matter of mental processing and technique getting better. We know those are the things holding him back. And so as soon as we see those things improving in practice, it does. It, we're not taking a huge leap to project him to make the leap that we think he is. Right? It's not like we are going down this path of illogical right. there, reasoning. There,
1: there's so much excitement. Okay, so there's excitement about guys like Jalen Darden and Joe Tryon because the mm-hmm. potential is there. There's excitement about Devin White, but he's already – He's gotten to the potential that we've expected of him, but he hasn't reached his ceiling or his roof by yeah. any means, if that, right. if that makes sense. And for the Bucks fans watching this that weren't at training camp today, uh, it was military day at, at practice, and it was awesome. There was uh, it, we had military people flying into the, the center of the field. It's a great way to start the day. Um, and But I'm excited that the crowd got to see this because there were two plays And you know, everyone's in full pads now, and there's hitting going on, but they're still not like wrap up tackling. Like Mm. there's hitting, but the coaches don't really want too much hitting, if you get what I'm saying. Right. But Devin had these two plays. Ironically, they were very similar. They were just little dump off passes to the running backs. One was to Ronald Jones, one was to Leonard Fournette. They were both on the right side of the field, pretty much at the line of scrimmage, maybe a yard up the field. And both plays, Devin came flying in. The running back caught the ball. Devin nailed them. Yeah. They went to the ground, fell over. Thankfully, they popped right back up. But it was one of those where, like, if you're watching, like, oh, my God, it's going down. If you're talking to someone else, you hear the pop, and you immediately Mm -hmm. swing your head to see what's going on. And you know it was a big play because everyone in the crowd was like, ooh. And you always know when you you get the oohs and ahs, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like. It's a big thing, and yep. Devin White just brings it, man. It doesn't matter if you know it's it the practice, the day no. after, yeah, the day after a day off, or if it's you know the first game of the season. I think he was hyped up, and I think this goes for the whole defense. I think they were hyped up because Todd Bowles got that contract extension. I mean, Devin White tweeted about it right away. He mm-hmm. essentially said, "I love this. My heart is full." You know, Todd Bowles right. is here with the Bucks. I think it hyped up the defense today, man, because they came yeah. out
0: flying. They did, and they played great as a unit today. I thought the when the energy level was more on the defensive side than the offensive side when they started their first 11-on-11 11 11 period. I mean, it wasn't just Devin White, but it starts with Devin White. The energy yes. starts with Devin White. But, yeah, I mean, everybody kind of made plays for sure. Will Golston got a tackle for loss to start – off that series i believe um there was good coverage all around from the starting secondary i thought they all made kind of made plays and were in great position jamel dean when he gave up catches I know mike evans and he had battles all day and mike evans i think won all of those but he gave up catches but he was contesting them they were tough catches they were he not easy there.
1: they were right. not easy for mike at all you know right. mike obviously is a baller he's the greatest receiver in bucks mm-hmm. history Right. But Mike had to work for every reception he, that did. he had.
0: Yep, yep. Jamal Dean was right there, fighting through, fighting through uh, the his his hands at the catch point, doing what he was supposed to do. It just was a crisp day. There wasn't anything for the starting defense where you were like, "Wow, they just gave that up." Like I can't believe. It. You know what I mean? Like it didn't feel like that. Yeah, you know, maybe one or two runs in the run period, but I again, I can't even tell like I, who's laying off a tackle, who's laying off a you know, getting in the backfield when they could have, you know, because they know it's going to get whistled down. But it just overall, they just really – and Jason Pierre-Paul was terrific too. I mean, he kind of bench-pressed O.J. Howard, (laughs) kind of like tackled for a loss then, and then he had a sack later. I think he dipped into the side of somebody, um, Donovan Smith, I think it was, and and got a sack. And so, yeah, overall, you know, the defense was definitely the big winners of the day. And uh, although I'll say this – At the end of practice, Tom Brady the starting offense was a little bit ticked that they hadn't had as much success, and they went out in the red zone period and went three for three, which is the best I've seen them do percentage-wise in the days that I've been watching the last couple days. So it was good to see the offense get a couple right before the practice ended as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's not act like the offense got shut out or anything like that. There's a lot of bright spots for the offense as well. But I think a training camp, practice in general, it's it's – gonna tend to sway more in favor of the offense just the more plays you have and the talent that they have at receiver and tight end and everything like that the mm-hmm. offense is gonna have their moments but right. I mean the defense had plays man you saw it where well everyone was getting to the quarterback we mentioned yeah. we mentioned what Devin White did we mentioned JPP was in there Joe Tryon had another sack Will Golson had a sack and then of course Todd Bowles the way he loves to dial things up Jordan White had a sack on a blitz where he just went in completely untouched. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just like one guy was really doing it. It was all three levels out there uh, that, that were going out and making plays. And it was the starters that you know really set the tone and, and were making all the big plays that we talked about and we highlighted in our uh, on our articles over at PeterReport.com. But it was actually some of the backups that got the ball rolling, that started things off. Dee Delaney had a near interception of Blake Gabbard mm. on one of the first passes of the the day when yeah. he was going down the field. And then Nate Brooks had an interception on Kyle Trask late mm. in, uh, in red zone drills where Trask was rolling to the outside. I think he was just trying to... I'm not sure if it was like a, like a fourth down situation or, hey, like it wasn't here. Yeah, it
0: was just Kyle Trask doing too much, I think. He's he, di- he was really uncomfortable today, man. he was, He's done that a little bit, man, yeah. where he's just like, instead of just throwing it, he's got
1: to learn to just throw
0: it away. Yeah. He's, he's
1: just kind of like, F it. I'm just going to throw well, it there. And, and he just looked, guy-
0: he, the last two days, he just does not look comfortable. Like as soon as the rush starts, he's happy feet and he's jittery. Yeah. And the last two days, just, I mean, after he had a great practice Monday, I mean, yeah, like 10 reps probably, but he, you know, hit a couple great passes on Monday, no mistakes really. And the last two days have been, or I guess I should say Tuesday and Thursday have not been great days for Kyle Trask. And we're realizing like it is what it is. It really doesn't, like the Bucks aren't even going to let Kyle Trask compete for probably even QB three. I don't even know. I mean, like he's going to make the roster, but if Griffin makes the practice squad, and something that would happen to their top two guys. I mean, we'll see how Trask develops, but there's a decent chance that Griffin would end up being, the starter if they ever needed to go to a third string quarterback um just because i just don't know if they even want Trask to play right now i think they just want him to get like lots of interrupts they believe that's what's going to be best for his development i don't even know whether trask is worse than griffin or not i'm not saying griffin's clearly better it's just clear to me the buck strategy is not to really play kyle trask like very much even in practice
1: yeah i agree with what you're saying it's totally fair what you just brought up and you know what like, the, there's no reason to panic or have concern. No. Like, this is a long-term investment with Kyle Trask. Especially so, at that position. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's not like he was a first-round pick and he's the the go-to guy as a starter. I'm thinking, like, the Jets w- with Zach Wilson yeah. and everything going on. It's not that type of situation. So, I've seen a lot with Trask, and we'll focus on the defense and everything, but just really quickly with Trask, I think it's a lot of, okay, he's taking a step forward, but then he takes another step back, and it's kind of just about stacking those step forwards to you know take a foot into a mile into you know yeah. what, whatever uh whatever scenario you want to use in that type right of situation
0: uh that's exactly what it is I mean it's with Kyle Trask it is just about long term whatever happens long term you know I, yeah. again I've said before I don't think the ceiling's super high with him i I'll be surprised if he's ever your preferred desirable starter in the NFL I just I don't see that kind of ceiling with him and I didn't see with anybody after those top five guys um, in last year's class. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but th- it's nothing that's happened so far is indicative of that, of what I'm saying. It's just, I believe that it just, that's just the reality of somebody with his position his position with his limitations. I think it just makes it difficult. Now I think he can get better from where he is now, for sure. I think yeah. that can definitely happen. And I think it will happen, but how much we'll see, uh, right now I just know, Hey, he looks uncomfortable. I don't like when you say one bad thing about somebody and then people extrapolate it to me and he's trash. Um, I'm not saying that. I just think he's not been very good, and uh, I don't think Gabbard's been very particularly great either. But it's not going to be. I don't think
1: Gabbard was like really spectacular today either by any means. We're actually spending more time talking about Kyle Trask than I think Kyle Trask got reps today. It was pretty probably uh, like for a practice, especially coming off an off day. It was almost a little surprising how little reps Kyle Trask and Ryan Griffin got.
0: Yeah, Griffin too. Yeah, right. I mean, like, Griffin got gonna- the third team drive, right? They did drives. They, yeah. did, they worked on the drive scenarios, and they did first team, second team, third team was led by Griff, and then they went back to first team, and Tras didn't get an opportunity there, but he did get then in the red zone session directly following that. He got opportunity three attempts, and they did they did score the third attempt. The first one was the interception. The second yeah. one, he skipped the pass at uh, Troy Mayne Pope's feet. Um, uh, well, he was under pressure and just kind of panicked and short-armed it. And uh, then the third down pass, they did, it was complete, I believe. It was like, it was same play. It was same play, black to Pope on the angle route. And this time they didn't cover it. And Pope caught a touchdown real quick, quick release on that one. But overall, yeah, those were the three reps that he got, right? Like, did he get some reps in team before that? I'm trying to even remember. I don't not really not so, in like seven yeah, on yeah. sevens or anything right. like that I so just there's probably a comfortability factor too having played so little now
1: yeah i, I just thought it was so surprising in, in the sense that you know we're still a month away so the regular right. season we still have a whole nother week until the first preseason game so like why not yeah. get and like granted he'll get reps in the preseason games along with ryan griffin because we know brady is hardly going to play if at all and I'm sure Gabbert isn't going to play a ton either. I just thought it was surprising. Like, all right, you want to prepare them for the preseason game. I understand it's coming up in a week, but, like, why not give them the reps now? But, obviously, Bruce Arians has a plan. <laughs> you know, he's not he's not going into this blindly. But, yeah, I mean, most of the day was really just Brady and, and Blaine Gabbert.
0: Right. It really was. And so I think that that could be – I mean – I don't know. If as Kyle Trask could I mean I could see Brady's reps tailing off as they get closer and maybe we'll see more Trask. And certainly in the preseason games, yeah. we'll see more. So we'll have some measuring sticks and we'll be able to talk about it more at length. I'm not saying again that that this is anything to really be totally freaking out about or whatever because the his future, you know, is is really 2 years from now at, at best. So there's plenty of time with which to watch and judge him and see how much he grows and you know, good chance next year. He's the number two guy. If that, if he does develop, we'll see. I mean, Gabbard, they will probably want to keep around too. So we'll see. Um, But there's a long way to go with him. It just, yeah, from the backup guys, it's been what you'd expect from backup quarterbacks. I think, you know, Gabbard had his some nice moments and he's had plenty of egregious throws and poor accuracy could always will probably plague him. He doesn't look rattled or anything, which you appreciate about him. And that's probably why the bucks will have him be the number two guy all year. But uh, yeah, the accuracy does not issues haven't really gone away with playing Gabbard. And at this point, they're never going to. It's always going to be something to be concerned about. So
1: I yeah, I think Gabbert's like the perfect backup quarterback because he's just very calm, cool, collected out there. Yeah. You know, like you said, he doesn't get rattled, you know, he could throw an interception. And he'll just come back, and and then you know he'll keep slinging it, man. He'll
0: mm-hmm.
1: he'll keep doing his thing down the field. Uh, I I think we saw a lot of like ups and downs with Blaine Gabbert. There's one play that really stuck out to me. It wasn't really more. Ga- I mean Gabbert threw the pass, but um, that deep ball that he had to Antonio Brown all the way down the right side of the field. And I mean we you tweeted mm. about it from the Peter Report account, and um, we we've spoken about AB a lot recently. But when the guy keeps making big plays, you have to keep talking about him. I mean, Gabbard threw a ball. It wasn't like a, a bad ball, but it was a little underthrown where like yeah. Brown was wide open and then he had to like stop and kind of turn his body and made the catch. It looked like he stayed in bounce and everything. It was
0: another day where Antonio Brown just kind of went wild yeah. <laughs> out there. It really was. I mean, Antonio Brown has been, I know everybody's going to be partial to Evans and Godwin because they're Bucks lifers and everything, but. It just is not going to be surprising if Antonio Brown is the best wide receiver on this team this year. I don't know if that means most productive or not. I don't know if he'll get enough reps to be able to show that one way or the other, but I mean, I just challenge anybody, get out here and watch him and tell me he's lost anything. I mean, I know I'm not trying to like toot my own horn, but I've watched him longer than anybody, especially up close at practices because when I covered the Steelers and I've watched him rep after rep practice after practice for years really dominating everybody and and it looks like the same thing right now i mean there isn't a corner on this team that can even come close to ab like they just can't they're just nobody's been around them at all like it's yeah you know it's not like you've ever watched it but there's been like one or two ab reps all camp where it's been like oh man like he he wasn't able to separate or oh man that guy's a good challenge for him like it just doesn't feel like it matters who he goes up against it, it just there's nobody really that can cover him and that's I mean, it was like that for years in Pittsburgh. I'm just not sure that his skill set – we've never seen A.B. on the field where like, it looked like he lost a step. There was the learning of the offense a little bit last year and then his role in the offense playing time and then that expanded and then he got hurt again and it was kind of like there was less of that. You know, I still a little bit where how much, how many targets can you get this guy realistically game to game? I just don't know what, what that's going to look like for anybody. That's like the big question mark to me. But the year before, just one game in New England, he goes off, then that's it. And the year before in Pittsburgh, you know, all the years before, he's dominant. So we just have never really seen him fall off. And I just don't think he looks any different. I, I don't. I, I'd like to say, oh, he's older and his production the last two years for obviously not on field reasons uh, yeah. has been what it's been. And so, yeah, he's probably fallen off. But I like to actually look at physical, like physically, talent-wise. Is he actually different, or do we just want to say that because it's hard for to wrap our minds around the fact that we could have PKB with Evans and Godwin? (laughs) I just don't. I don't know if that's how we rationalize it.
1: I would like to see a little bit more of him against the number one corners. Not trying to nitpick here, but I'd like to see a little bit more of whether one
0: on ones. Yes. And yes, <laughs>
1: they had it the other day. It was, but they again they had it the other day, and you had like Godwin against SMB. Like that's a fun matchup. Yeah. But then A B went up against like Antonio Hamilton. And no offense to Antonio Hamilton, he's having uh, a standout training camp from his own perspective. Uh, but Jane making the field today. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a so great. It is what it is. Yeah. So like I don't know when you when you watch Brown. Beat up on the third and fourth string corners. Yeah, it's impressive, but is it? You're not like, whoa, oh my yeah. god. So well, like I've seen him look,
0: against Dean a few times. And yeah, even, that hasn't gone well. For and Dean, Demel, Dean
1: seems like the de facto. Okay, well, he's a fast corner and lanky, so we're going to put him on like Scotty and and AB. It's just not like a the, good matchup for AB. The quick twi- yeah, they're like, the quick twitch guys.
0: AB is the epitome of the type of wide receiver that even Carlton Davis, but especially Sean Murphy Bunting, really struggled with last season. Like they don't do really well with technical, quick, explosive yeah. route runner types. Like that's, And so I just, again, I know it's this team, and there may be some other teams where there's a good matchup and everything, but how? Like, he's going to get number three corners this year, Matt. Like, that's what's going to happen. John, I could just see the
1: Bucks' offense, like, all season. It's like, okay, big play down the field to Brown, big play over the middle to Godwin. All right, they're in the red zone. Okay, they're at the ten okay, Mike Evans in the end zone, touchdown. And like every single receiver contributes on the play and they just do that over and over and over and over again because you
0: can't double team all of these guys. I I mean, I've never seen a unit. I don't know what to say, Matt. Like, I don't know who is going to do well ever. Like, it just, how do you know? Gronk has barely done anything in practice. I've been three now, the last three. I mean, it's like, he's not even there. They don't even use him. Like, and OJ Howard is you know, barely above that. Like there's going right.
1: anything. OJ Howard made a catch today on the sideline. We, you and I were standing next to each yeah. other and we were like, all right, OJ Howard, like yeah, he made a he catch. I haven't it's, seen it, too much of him. I will but say it's
0: like Chris Godwin too. Like, yeah, I mean, he's oh, got like two targets, two catches. The first, yeah, that I, was at. And Godwin great and I, I felt,
1: yeah, since you've been there, I haven't seen Godwin do a ton, but Godwin, I think was very active the first week of training camp. And
0: yeah, pretty much. I think these practices are indicative of how it'll go though. I mean, that's, Like the last three three practices, Godwin has done very little and he's been asked to do very little. And that's, and they've gone other places. AB in the first and third practices I've been at Monday and and Thursday was going off. Tuesday was almost all about the backups. Mike Evans hardly did anything on Tuesday. Same for Godwin, same for AB. But Jalen Darden's going nuts and Tyler Johnson's going nuts. And, you know, now you haven't, I haven't seen any tight ends really get a whole lot of work so far, but it feels like it's just going to be how it is in the games, man. Like different. Guy will be popping off each week, yep. and we're just gonna have to hang on tight and that's see what who it is.
1: I mean, that's what it was every single game, even yeah. including the Super Bowl. You know, like Gronk had his moments, but then Gronk's biggest moment obviously was the Super Bowl,
0: right? And that's so, exactly like, exactly right, there was not, hardly anything in the Saints game. I mean, the Saints game, Gronk and Brady couldn't link up, and
1: every single week, you, know, you might as well just pick a name out of a hat, like, okay, all right, Mike Evans is gonna go off today, and the next yeah.
0: week, I mean, in the Antonio Brown, yeah, the thing is that. Brady at quarterback, actually, like fantasy-wise, I don't know. You all might be really frustrated. I don't know, week to week. But I fa- can, but execution-wise, Brady knows Brady with this array is perfect, right? Because he is never going to be a guy that locks on to somebody. So even if they right. had one guy, he wouldn't. Now the fact that he's going to make the right read all the time, and that guy now has What a hundred percent chance of being open. You know what I mean? Like, God, I think Brady is the only guy that
1: I feel confident about in terms of a fantasy football perspective. Yeah. I think I'm a little maybe Godwin. uh, Not not biased. Yeah. And Godwin. But so like last season, my quarterbacks, my fantasy team were Dak Prescott and Brady. I started Prescott because the Cowboys would be down a thousand points every single game. And he would have to bring them back, which means right. he's throwing a billion passes and he's rushing and he's getting those rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Obviously Dak Prescott got hurt. So I, I was, I had no choice. I had to use Brady, but I mean, going into this season, it doesn't matter who's going to be the guy that steps up, whether it's Brown has a good game, whether it's Chris Godwin has a good game. Cause no matter what Brady is getting those passing touchdowns. So it doesn't matter who he's throwing to Brady's still going to get the points. And, and if he, Duplicates anything that he did last season. Throws for over forty touchdowns again. Another thing, too, on top of that, is Brady gets those rushing touchdowns. Man, he gets yeah. like he gets three or four in a season. Those are big in fantasy football. You, you can't overlook those rushing touchdowns because the league is is moving towards that more, and they and pl- people want to draft the the mobile quarterback for those rushing touchdowns because it's six points instead of four points for a passing touchdown. So there is a big difference there. Brady will still get you that. Here and there. Yeah. And he'll get you that. So he will. And he's I definitely worth it.
0: In terms of fantasy football. Right. Speaking of fantasy football, I want to make sure we mention and remind people what of a our good line. friends what a over line. at underdog fantasy. Underdog Okay, listen up, everybody, make sure you're paying attention. This isn't just an ad read, like this is for real, unreal stuff that underdog fantasy is yes. doing. If you sign up with Underdog Fantasy, which if you don't know about them, check out their website. The aesthetic is amazing. They've got incredible. I mean, the layout is perfect. It's easy to use. It's simple. The app is exceptional. The color scheme, if you're an aesthetic nerd like me, the color scheme is just absolutely on point. It's the best and easiest place to play fantasy football for big cash prizes. And on Underdog Fantasy, you just draft. You don't have to worry about waivers or lineups or injuries. It's a best ball league. So you draft your league, your team, and then that's your team throughout the year. You don't have to edit or change it or add people or, or move around your lineup. They just pull the best scores from the team you drafted each and every week. So you don't have to manage it at all. It's, under, it's wonderful. Underdogfantasy.com, get the app. Uh, you can do that on the App Store, or the Google Play Store, and sign up with the promo code Pewter. P-E-W-T-E-R. If you sign up with the promo code pewter, they give you $25 to play. So you don't even, you have a, you could use, use that $25 in their best ball mania leagues and you can earn a chance to win literally like a million dollars in yeah. their best ball mania league, literally a million for free. Like you don't have to do anything. So this is just like, The easiest deal ever, so I'm just letting Bucks fans know about it, but underdogfantasy.com, use the promo code Pewter when you sign up, P-E-W-T-E-R, use the $25 in credit that they give you, and then as you start winning – Use some of the money that you're winning to keep playing and keep jumping in these leagues. We're going to have best ball leagues that are starting up here soon too. And I think we might even do a live draft on the podcast tomorrow with some of you jump in here into a league with us. I'll show you opportunity to be able to do that with the Peter report crew, but we're going to have a ton of fun with this thing. Underdog fantasy is changing the game and. Just encourage you all to check it out and take advantage of the fact that they're giving you $25 in cash to be able to play. So sign up, use that promo code, Peter. Literally nothing to lose in this situation. And they and have other, everything to gain.
1: Yeah, and they have other prizes too. for yeah. Even if you don't come in first place for the million, I mean, you could still win like 50 grand. That's right. You know, come <laughs> play that too, I so. take 50
0: grand. I, yeah. I, I take that <laughs> for considering I have to spend nothing to get it, to potentially get it. Another but thing I'm really deal.
1: excited about with under, Underdog Fantasy is uh they have uh, – it's essentially like a, a prop bet type of thing uh, head-to-head matchups and that'll be more for when the season comes around they'll have something like will mike evans or amari cooper have more receiving arts that right game? right and you know mike evans is because carlton davis is going to put the clamps on amari cooper mm-hmm. in that first game of the season
0: that's a so scary you put match. your money on mike yeah i mean <laughs> Maybe that's a scary matchup I'm, for Carl. I'm, I'm just, I'm just hyping up Carl to yeah. Davis. Come I on. mean, Amari Cooper gets everybody if he's, if he's engaged for sure, yeah. but yes, their bets, great stuff. Great list. Anyway, UnderdogFantasy.com. It's a sick website. Just go website, to yeah. sign in. You don't even have to nev- ever necessarily ever do anything if you don't want to, but I do, I want to, and I have, so there you go. <laughs> that's my thoughts <laughs> on that. Uh, all right. Um. So let's continue to talk about this, the conversation with the receivers for just a second more. I know people might be sick of hearing us talk about the receivers, but, it is hard to watch practice and not think through some of these things that we're talking about right now because Scotty Miller, for example, like I've started to think more about our conversation with Scotty Miller and Jalen Darden and Tyler Johnson and Jaden Mickens. If you want to put him in the mix, I do. I think he, I think again, he had a great practice day. Ball doesn't hit the ground. His routes are getting better. He's making combat catches. I know there might be, I
1: like that, more, uh...
0: lower level defensive backs, but he, I mean, guys are running through his back. And he's hanging on to the football. I mean, that's, I don't know. He's doing everything you can to earn a roster spot. I'll say that about Jaden Mickens. Um, I just look at this receiver room and I wonder, is Scotty going to be able to hang on to a number four spot? Is that even the right way to look at it? Because Scotty, even last year, remember, was splitting snaps with Tyler Johnson, sort of. I think that the Bucks view Scotty as what he is, which is a one trick pony. And it's a very, and we've said this before. And it's a, a very trick. important trick, right? It's a very important trick. It's a great trick, um, but it could limit the amount of reps. They want him on the field. Maybe if they, so that really leaves the door pretty cracked for wide receiver five, at least, and maybe six, if I would assume six still on game days needs to be a special teams contributor. So good luck, Tyler Johnson. You still got to figure that out or Jane Mickens, if it's Mickens, whatever um, got to figure out that part of it. That'll be what we're watching in preseason a lot of, but I just don't know if, like, Scotty being a hard and fast wide receiver four and that being, I mean, Scotty's a lock to make the team, no question there. Yeah. But, like, would you be shocked? We're obviously way ahead of ourselves here, but would you be shocked from what you've seen if Jalen Darden passed Scotty at some point? I mean, this season? I would in, be sh- In snaps per game, offensively? I don't know if you would like call him wide receiver four or not, but
1: I would be shocked if it occurred. I would say within the first like six games of the season because I still okay. think as as exciting and entertaining as Jalen Darden has been, it's been two weeks of camp. We haven't seen them go up against other competition. I think when they do the joint practices with the Titans, I think that's going to be very telling for both receivers right there. I think what it really comes down to, as he said, Miller, is uh, he's got that one really good trick. I mean, Jalen Darden's fast, and we've seen him go down the field. Oh,
0: yeah. Today, today he blew. I mean, Dee Delaney was in another zip code. I mean, it's Dee Delaney, but still, like. The ball was overthrown,
1: but Darden was there. If Darden can get down the field, and he doesn't have to do it as well as Scotty Miller can, but Mm -hmm. if he can do it to an extent of how well Scotty can. Yes the bucks coaching staff is going to be way more inclined to be yeah. like okay Darden can be our deep dart he can go down the field yeah. because he poses that same threat that Scotty Miller does but at the same time Darden can stop pivot go over the middle make yeah. the sideline catch do all the other things that i think the coaching staff and this is what Bruce Arians alluded to when he i don't want to say called that but when he spoke about Scotty Miller the other day about making those grimy catches those combat yeah. catches as you yeah. as you just referred to we are already seeing to an extent Jalen Darden do that where mm-hmm. we haven't really seen Scotty excel in that too much Scotty right. made a very nice play today uh it, w- it was another red zone drill he did Touchdown, a stand over the window, middle yeah. and it was in a tight window and it got deflected at the line of scrimmage too so it was something that Scotty really had to adjust to to make the catch right I think Scotty really took those words to heart when when mm-hmm. Bruce Arians is talking about him, because I've seen a little bit more of Scotty over the middle. We don't really see, th- see that too much unless it's like all the way downfield. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. we're starting to see Scotty really work on the other parts of his game because Bruce Arians said, you can't be a one trick pony. You have to do something else because then in, they'll
0: in this room for sure. <laughs> yes.
1: And <laughs> but- they'll just figure you out. So it
0: feels ridiculous. Scotty Miller has been unquestionably good in practice. Tyler yeah. Johnson has been good. And we are, are talking about like great today. How they're they were gonna lose great. playing time they, honestly from
1: last year. <laughs> Nickens was great, Tyler Johnson was great. Tyler Johnson, I thought, was really good too at getting up the field after he made yeah. the catch, and he was making those in traffic catches mm-hmm. as well, too. All the receivers, man, like it, it was a great day for the defense. But when the receivers were on, they were really all having their moments.
0: And that's getting to be every practice. And we, I mean, we probably do need to focus elsewhere, but eventually, but I am still kind of just like Wow! Watching this team, watching yeah. this offense, watching the depth at the sky. I mean, Josh Pearson is not going to make this team. No chance. I don't I even know if he's he has a, today too. Yeah, I don't even know if he's a chance in the league. But I mean, the fact that he's not even in consideration here and in other teams. Those are the guys fighting for your four, five, six spots. Like, and he's not even. 10. I mean, is he 10 here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and he's making a <laughs> few diving good catches good today. Yeah, like, Travis Johnson's made some catches, and like, there's just no chance that these guys making the, the final roster, maybe the practice squad for Johnson. i But that even their just ability to find receivers is super encouraging. It also brings me to like my heart versus my head in the re signing of Chris Godwin saga, but that'll be a story for another time because it's like, got plenty like, of time to talk about that. That's right. We'll talk about that down the road. We got to talk about, oh, I'm see, we get legitimately geeked about our sponsors because yes, we, do. we become friends with them and we really enjoy them and we like them. And we have been so excited to start the campaign for Living Golf Life. I'll bring up their banner here. And let me just tell you, folks, if you are a golfer, yes, look, check out the stuff that they have. If you're a golfer yeah. and you understand this, it's a lifestyle, right? We love this about meeting with these guys and we were talking to them. About kind of kind of their whole idea behind living golf life, but livinggolflife.com, they just talk about golf like it's a lifestyle. And you, I'll let you talk about these guys because you're even more familiar with them than I am. But we had lunch with them. Got you got, I'm seeing lit wearing the hat right now, which by the way, come, I mean, this oh, hat is yeah. awesome. Like, I love great, it. Dude,
1: it, it's a great logo. Um, it's like yeah. my favorite
0: hat now, honestly. It, like, yeah, I'm,
1: it's so much fun. It, it, it's, it's very it's, comfortable.
0: I've got a. I've got my mug yeah, and my koozie up here.
1: Yeah, I got the mug going with Celsius Energy in it. With so, Celsius. Uh, oh, look at that. Yeah.
0: Double branding. But, but yeah, I mean, just talk about these guys and what you've gotten to know. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So Living Golf Life, uh, like, like we said, they're they're a golf brand, but they're also a lifestyle brand. They're a brand for the everyday golfer. Okay, This company was started this year in 2021 um, by Jim Elslith and Mike Bush. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are a former military officer and a first responder. And they, they're really passionate about the game of golf and like the life lessons that they learned about it.
0: And they've just said listen. they're not that great at golf. Or yes. anything. they just <laughs> love going I, out and having some brewskis with the fellas. So like.
1: exactly, that's the key. Okay, I love golfing. I'm not that good. I shoot in like the mid 90s and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And you know, professional golfers shoot 70 on a bad day. Shoot 70. But the best thing about golf, in all honesty because you're going to have so many bad swings and everything like that. You just remember the couple of good ones. The best part about golf is just being in the outdoors and everyone here, Bucks fans, you're in Florida. You can play golf all year round. It's all about being outside, being with your friends, your family, listening to tunes, having some drinks, having Mm. a good time. That's what living golf life is. It embodies all of that. Just having a good time Mm. with your friends and they bring the logos and the merchandise with it. Again, it's not just a golf brand; it's a lifestyle brand. Yeah. They got polos, they got hats, they got koozies, they got glasses. You know, and it got, looks great. They're, we got their design yes. is awesome. Like yes, it's it's very. They get the, the golf eyes.
0: life, and they also have an eye for the aesthetic. So yeah, like,
1: it, it's easy yeah. on the eyes. Um, Check it out. Get this glass. Yeah, you can enjoy it watching the Bucks. Enjoy it watching preseason football tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you go to their website www dot and follow them on instagram at living golf life they always do a lot of different giveaways they'll they'll post a picture and they'll say you know yeah. comment on this whatever mm-hmm. come up come up with your own caption for whatever the whatever the, the the picture is itself but I'm telling you these guys are so much fun mm-hmm. it's all about just having a good time it's living golf life it's a lifestyle we know we got we know Peter report fans. There's a lot of golfers out there. Yep. The weekend hackers, as we like to call them. It's it's for everyone, man. You yeah. don't have to be Brooks Kepka or Justin Thomas. You just have to enjoy the game of golf. Make sure you check out all their merchandise, mm-hmm. help them. Support these guys, man, they're, yes.
0: they're doing an awesome business. And helps and it helps us. It helps
1: us at Peter report as well, too. Mm-hmm. If you support our advertisers, so yeah. go to living golf life.com. Yeah. We're super excited to have them as a sponsor. And, um, yeah, yeah make sure you get out on the course soon too. I, I haven't played in like a week or two, but I gotta get back out there. On or the two.
0: I haven't played in a couple of years. So I somebody asked me, Hey, are you golfing, John? Because they saw my hat. I'm like, man.
1: Yeah, I saw <laughs> I don't yeah, know I what golfing it would look like
0: if I golfed right now. It might be rough, but I'm probably gonna get out there with these yeah. guys because we'll just start out, out the lifestyle, driving. man. Yeah, just yeah. start
1: out the driving range That's and right. then you can go to the course from there.
0: There you go. That's right. All right. Uh good uh, point here from Emily. I think she says, I think Jay Darden in the preseason will show if he is worth moving up the ladder of this field of superstars we have. That is still the measuring stick. I don't want to get away from that. Matthew Sams asked if Johnson's gotten in better shape yet. Uh, I don't. Was he in? Ba- I don't remember. Oh, he's talking about Tyler Johnson. He's I think he's talking like, about
1: Tyler Johnson. He sounds like right. Travis Johnson. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> uh, way to throw us off there, Sams. You're just covering your Johnsons there. But no, I think that for for real with with Tyler Johnson, it's going to be. I think he he looked like he's in fine shape at practice. It obviously, if you have to play a whole game, that's going to be different though. And right now, he's not projected if everybody's healthy to ever have to do that. So I'm not like super worried about Tyler Johnson's conditioning this year. Next year, if Chris Godwin and AB aren't back, maybe that's a different story, but I'll say this. I think that Tyler Johnson has had several good days of camp in a row and he's stringing them together. And as Emily mentions here, preseason will be the real indicator for he and for Darden. Um, They are a little bit different in the roles that they play. Arians has kind of always had got his receivers in a little bit of different roles. Um. So we'll see how that impacts things moving forward. But both of those guys, yeah, they they should get tons of run in the preseason, and we'll find out a lot more about a who's better, but b what kind of conditioning Tyler Johnson's in as well.
1: Uh, Bruce Aarons wasn't happy with with the the body shape that he he's come into, but or into this training camp. But I mean, you could say one thing about the person's uh, conditioning and everything like that. He always. He's a ball produces on the field, man. I mean, you not can't Not everybody's the same,
0: right? Not everybody's the same. And you and I were talking about the side of practice, Jaden Mickens disposition and the way that he carries himself in practice. Yeah. Is probably <laughs> never going to be Tyler Johnson's disposition. They are not the same person, but when push comes to shove and it's crunch time, we've seen Tyler Johnson deliver already. If it was a rookie and a limited sample size and in practices, he balls out. He plays well. You know, when you're doing that drills on air, I mean, Jaden Mickens, Jalen Darden, they look awesome. And Tyler Johnson's like, yeah, like, And that's, I think, why he fell in the draft. I think people yeah. watched him work out and they watched him pray And they talked to coaches and they're like, ah, I don't know if this guy's like. But then when you get in the 11 on 11s and the team sessions, dude shows up. He makes plays. He catches the football. He makes plays in tough areas of the field. He blocks. Uh, he's a high effort guy in those scenarios. Not everybody practices the same. It's very important to understand there's as a coach. It doesn't mean guys are lazy or slouches. And there may be some of that with Tyler Johnson. I don't know. It certainly is no indicator of that watching him in games or when they actually go live in the practice periods. But, yeah, some guys just respond differently to different challenges, different situations, and not everybody's wired the same. And it's something they're going to have to keep in mind with Tyler Johnson because he's got, like, a disposition that's not – Jaden Mickens is – Hundred percent energy, hundred yep. percent effort, all Nacho's the time. Like that too, all I think, the time. I right? We spoke about Eight, that with Jenna like earlier. Yeah. How
1: Nacho yep. is just like. Jaden Mickens is the offensive version
0: of Nacho, right? Like they're the yeah, essentially. That's, that's how they are. Not everybody's like that, and that's okay. You know, and and obviously it's easy to say with guys like Mike Evans, especially Chris Godwin, who's a quieter disposition because he's yeah. like a, an all around baller, obviously right away. But I think with Tyler Johnson, it's just going to require some patience.
1: But I think that's why it's so exciting to see Tyler Johnson in the preseason because we could be looking into the future. Like Tyler Johnson with the big three, not uh you know, playing in most of the preseason games and who knows what they'll do with Scotty Miller. Tyler Johnson right then and there becomes the number one, the number two receiver we could be looking to the future in a season from now. mean, I, I know we're not going to talk about Chris Godwin contract stuff, mm-hmm. but if Godwin's not there, that bumps Tyler Johnson yeah. all the way up. Like we haven't really right. seen him play in a, and like you said, you know, everyone reacts to things differently. We've never seen Tyler Johnson at the NFL level play as the top guy. We just mm-hmm. haven't. And unfortunately for him, that's not going to be the case for him for as long as Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are here. And right we'll see what happens with Antonio Brown as well. So this is, this is his big audition for, all right, if he's not going to do special teams type of stuff, which that still Mm -hmm. remains to be seen, we haven't really seen him out there too much when Mm -hmm. Fox have been doing certain special teams drills. This is the biggest audition he'll have for, Hey, we could trust him in a year or two from now that, okay, he'll be our number two guy and he'll show up on game days. And we know he can perform big uh, at Raymond James Stadium with an yeah. Outback ball. I think it's him and Keyshawn Vaughn on offense. As, as far as players from last season that didn't have a preseason, mm-hmm. I think they're the two that I'm most like excited about to actually see get some competition when being the number one guy at the position.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, – well, we got some good questions here, so I want to make sure we get to those yeah. actually. Sorry. But Pyro says, uh, never catch you guys live. Sweet. I'm glad you caught us live. Pyro, it is fun to be out here. Always want to make sure I get the comments up for people who are first time viewers of us live. If you haven't checked out Pewter Report, go to Pewter Report TV, download or subscribe to the Pewter Report podcast so you don't miss any of our live shows or re-watch them on YouTube, whatever works for you. We know everybody's schedule is different. We're totally yeah, cool with time. that. Just yeah, but support, weekend. but yeah, just support us, subscribe, spread the word about it. That's the best thing that y'all can do for us is spread the word, tell people buck season is around the corner. We've got the first preseason game, and what not 10 days, nine or 10 days. Yeah. 14. Um, yeah. yeah so. And so yeah. now the time is now, if you know Bucks fans and you know, people who are getting interested in, you know, tell them about the Peter report podcast, send them the link, help uh, us promote the pod as much as we can. We really appreciate that. Obviously, you know, uh, there's some good questions here. I want to make sure we get a chance to answer. Pat Riley says, is this the most confident you have ever felt about a Bucks team in the preseason? I'll let you answer this. Cause you've seen more Bucks teams in the preseason than I, even though neither of us are from this area. I know what Scott's answer will be. I'll tell people Scott's answer, and then after you and I go, maybe Pat Riley can tell us about whether it's the most confident he's felt about the Miami Heat going into a team season. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. That's the second time Pat Riley's gone in here and made a yeah. comment, and I've I've made a joke both times that that is real dad joke. So go ahead, you tell him about whether you think it's the best Bucks team.
1: Yeah. So for me, I mean, and I haven't really been covering the Bucks for crazy long since I've been a part of Peter Report, so. I think it's a no doubter that, yes, this is the most confident I've been. (laughs) This is an hard question. (laughs) Yeah, it's really not, because when I started covering, the question was, oh, is Jameis the quarterback of the future? Are they going to give him the fifth-year contract? Then it became, all right, they got Tom Brady. He's the greatest quarterback of all time, but how is he going to work in Bruce Arians' offense? How is he going to click with these guys when they don't really have an offseason because of covid now it's like, all right, well, all of that got answered. And oh, who's he got to work with now? Oh, literally everyone. All the same players. And now you got Antonio Brown for a full now 17 game season. So you only improved in that area. Oh, what was the one issue on offense? Eh, the running backs, not the greatest pass catchers. Okay, we'll get Giovanni Bernard, who that's his specialty. Yeah. So, like, and then the same thing on the defense. We brought everyone back. We got the number one run-stopping defense. You got two insane pass rushers with JPP and Jack Barrett. Oh, and we just drafted Joe Tron, who looks great out there already. How could you not be confident in this team? Like,
0: right. what is there to worry about? Right. I mean, that's exactly right. And it brings us to our next question from Dylan. What position is our weakness, biggest worry as of right now? We'll touch on this a little bit, and then I want to jump into one-on-ones to close out the podcast because, yes, there were O-line, D-line, one-on-ones today, and I need to tell you all about them. Because there were some big takeaways. But first, to answer Dylan's question, the biggest – I wouldn't even call it a worry. The biggest question mark right now is the secondary. And it was the secondary going into last year, and they won the Super Bowl. And it's still the secondary. Every single dude that plays, other than Cockrell, I guess, but the top six are all on rookie contracts. Um, So as long as that's the case, and they haven't clearly established themselves as the best player in the league, none of those guys – uh, at their position or in the conversation for best player in the league at their position, that's going to be your biggest question mark, right? It's not like Werfs who's already in the conversation for best, you know, right. Tackle, maybe best tackle in the league. Like that's already a conversation. but Carlton as good as he is, isn't in that conversation yet. Winfield, I think we feel great about his future. He's not in that conversation yet. You know, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Jamel Dean, lots to prove great year for Jordan Whitehead last year. Great year for Mike Edwards and a limited sample size. So I think the arrow is pointing up for everybody for sure, you know, but that's still the question, right? Like is, is if they get another year like last year from Dean and SMB, will the stars align in time for those guys to suddenly magically catch fire and SMB get three picks and then yeah. after barely touching the ball a year in the playoffs. And, you know, I don't know whether that happens again. So to me, that's clearly the biggest question mark. I don't know if I'd even sell it a weakness or a worry. Uh, I think it's a very good secondary and very promising secondary and guys should continue to improve for sure. But both isn't always linear. We know this, Matt. And so that's the big question mark going into the year, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I think you're spot on with that because it really just comes down to that. You can't really rely on any of the corners outside of Carlton Davis. Initially, I was thinking like maybe linebacker after mm-hmm. Kevin Minter. But at that point, we're talking about the fourth string linebacker. What team in the NFL you'd be like, oh, yeah, they're solid at their fourth string linebacker. So I don't think that really counts. You could talk about the return game, too. But again, it just seems like it's a head-to-head competition right now between Jada Mickens and, and Jalen Darden. And we're talking about Mickens. We saw what he did last season. So if mm-hmm. that pretty much just comes down to, okay, can Jalen Darden do better than what Jada Mickens did last season? I think the answer is yes. We don't know yet. We won't know until the preseason. I mean, this roster is so loaded. Again, yeah. You could talk about maybe the interior offensive line if Hainsy doesn't totally pan out, but you still have Stinny there. So like mm-hmm. maybe backup center again. This is kind of hinging on what Hainsy does. So the the short answer though is like no, there's not really a huge weakness to be concerned about. I just think it's the overall what you said, the inconsistency of the secondary. I wouldn't even put the the safeties in there because right. if something happens to Winfield, then you got Mike Edwards right there. Ross right. Cockrell is now all of a sudden the safety and everything right. like that. Yeah. So there's there's points and counterpoints to every single thing mm-hmm. of if this guy gets hurt, we can do that. If this guy struggles, we could put this guy in. There's yeah. not really any there's no weaknesses.
0: Sure. And obviously, every, you can always say injuries, you know, because eventually that could always get you. But yeah, the Bucks are even deeper than they were a year ago and more talented up top than they were a year ago and more better chemistry. So, I mean, yeah, on paper, it's great. And it, we'll probably talk about this for the next month. And I'll just keep, yeah, is it a blast for us to watch? Every time we go out on the practice field, it's it's awesome. Like, yeah, I don't know who wouldn't want to be at a Bucks practice right now. Like, there's stars everywhere. There's feature all famers everywhere. There's amazing football players everywhere. It's half these dudes are at the peak of their profession. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a blast. Like it's yeah. a blessing. And John,
1: There's no complacency or anything like that. Right. Um, there, there's none of that. It's all high level competition, Both mm-hmm. sides of the ball, really giving it their all. I mean,
0: and I told this- you this before practice, Matt, I said, I've been around really talented teams. I've yes. covered really talented teams. The Steelers team that lost to Jacksonville in the playoffs, in my opinion, was probably the best team in the league that year. remember they had. Only game they lost in the regular season over the last like twelve weeks was that Patriots game where Jesse James actually scored. And anyway, won't get into it, but they really they were playing that kind of football. And they obviously had, you know, Lev Bell at his peak and Brown, Juju, and Ben, and they were just loaded completely. They're one of the best offensive lines in the league. I mean, it was an unbelievable team. And but that team did not have the leadership at the player level, especially or at the coach level, because Todd Ailey was still there and he was a lot of great things, but he was not a great leader. They did not have the leadership and the maturity at multiple levels to be able to reach their peak at a consistent base as a team, the bucks definitely have that, that maturity. Do they have the schematic you know, evolution? We'll see. That's one of the questions I probably have going into the year a little bit, although the end of last year was very encouraging to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is kind of, that's a big difference that I see. If I'm, I'm saying, Oh, that team is really talented, you know, but I just think this bucks team has that special disposition off the field as well.
1: I get the vibes from this team, even though they won the Super Bowl and, you know, it was a historic one. The Chiefs didn't score a touchdown. The Bucks won the Super Bowl at their home stadium. I still feel like with this team, I get the vibe that they still feel like they have something to prove, whether it's because they only had one Pro Bowl player or because, as we heard from Antoine Winfield Jr. and pretty much anyone that speaks in the secondary they still don't feel like the secondary has gotten the respect that they deserve. Yeah, for uh, sure. they just They all just feel like they still have something to prove. You know, <laughs> Brady wants number eight, and, and you know, Chris, you know, Chris Godwin wants to show that last season, the injuries, that wasn't a thing. Ronald Jones wants to get to 1,000 rushing yards because he came so close last year. I mean, mm-hmm. like, all over the place, there's just something for each player to prove individually and then, of course, together as a team.
0: Right, for sure. Hey, don't forget about our, one of our best and biggest sponsors, though, Briar Greaves. Uh, you don't stay in business for over 30 years, if you aren't doing something right, Briar Greaves does a lot of things right, but none more than giving exceptional personal service to their insurance customers. We all need insurance, whether it's life, homeowners, auto, or even commercial insurance. Briar and Sam Greaves and their staff are the best in the area and big Bucks fans. It'll take you 10 minutes or less, to be honest, to get a quote or compare your current policy. And that 10 minutes doesn't cost you anything and could save you hundreds of dollars. You're getting a vibe here. Like when Pewter Report has a sponsor, it's just like there's nothing to lose and have a lot yeah. to gain in these situations. So, again, just give them a call. See if your policy, if you could save hundreds of dollars. Maybe not. They'll tell you. They'll be honest with you if that's the case. But if they can, great. Then then you save money just by giving a, a quick phone call. Uh, here's the number, 813-876-4166. Find out how much money you can put back in your pocket and spend on other things. Sounds great. Like maybe Underdog Fantasy is what you spend it on. 30 years in the business and their box season <laughs> ticket holders. Call Briar or Sam today. Uh, they get it. They understand uh, what you're up against. And so they will help you out in any way that they can. And, and they do that part of it for free. And so it's pretty... Pretty awesome what they do. So give Briar Greaves Insurance. Check them out. Okay, one on ones. Somebody asked if Tristan Wirfs said if Joe Tryon had gone up against Tristan Wirfs. I have not seen that. Uh, an answer to your question. I forget who asked it, but I have not seen that matchup. In fact, I have Tristan or Joe Tryon has run almost all a second team. Um, so, but wasn't Joe Tryon? Was he? He was mostly left outside linebacker today, I believe. But he's done yeah. both sides. He's so played on been both a mix, sides today. Right, but, for whatever reason,
1: yeah. he was most strictly on the left on the left side of the line right. but yes he has played on on both sides so
0: he had one rush rep and one on ones that was the only disappointing part of that and Khalil Davis both him him and Khalil Davis each getting one rep was the only disappointing part of one on ones for me but i got to see one on one so i'm not going to complain but tryon yeah rocked Brad Seaton <laughs> rocked him <laughs> with a punch and then kind of just slipped right by him for a sack so not a very complex move but a pretty dominant move Got me up out of my seat a little bit. Uh, it was pretty cool. Um, Khalil Davis powered through somebody. I don't remember now. But, I mean, the guy that's really standing out, Nick Leverett's having a great camp. Uh, we've heard a couple people. I think Alex Kappa and Ryan Jensen have both mentioned how much he's improved. Jensen said he was a big Nick fan last year. You know, he's a big yeah. fan of Leverett last year, and now he's gotten even better. His frame looks great. I mean, he really looks big, strong dude, and he did well. I mean, he stood up Shaq Barrett on a rep. Uh, it was that pretty impressive something. and then he just completely ate Anthony Nelson alive who I know everybody, <laughs> everybody did that to Nelson. He can't win one-on-ones against anybody in pass rush. I mean, it's, he just isn't a pass rusher. It just is what it is. Um, so yeah, I think that he is one of those guys that to me, like right now for guessing that ninth O-line spot to me, like seems like it's leverage, which we didn't expect that. We thought it'd be like motion or yeah, Patterson and Motion has been, I don't even know where he's where he I is. Know, right. I, haven't, he's I haven't, completely. And I feel like it's been, I've been
1: like, Oh, if you haven't noticed him, like that's kind of a good thing. But in mm-hmm. this case, it, it's not a good thing because all the <laughs> we other, we haven't guys- noticed
0: him because he ain't yeah, getting yeah. reps.
1: <laughs> and we saw it with Leverett too. Uh, we, we were actually looking it up after practice too, that at rice, he played tackle one season. He also played guard. So he's got that versatility right there that the coaching staff loves that he could play yeah. both positions, which obviously right. when you're trying to make the team as the last lineman, uh, that's going to go a long way
0: i am not going to go crazy because it's one practice and it's just whatever but Josh wells had a heck of a day man <laughs> and he's having a good camp josh wells is having a good camp i have no idea what it'll mean if he gets into a game tackles a tricky position to figure out it looks totally different in a game than practice to me but he was great in one-on-ones today i mean took care of jason pierre paul donovan smith lost two reps for him to to pierre paul and Josh Wells took him out uh, and everybody went up against Josh Wells did great. Um, he really it was impressive today. I thought, you know, what he did get beat once late. Somebody got him to lean. It was a right tackle though. I know he's not as comfortable there and somebody got him to lean a little bit. And I can't remember who it was right now, but somebody got him to lean a little bit and they, kind of Josh Wells has played well and he's played well in the team sessions. That's encouraging. I mean, again, I'm not going to, blow smoke the guy that i thought would play well was sedarius hutcherson he has played well in some phases i think they will want to keep him on the practice squad his pass protection just isn't good enough right now for me to say this guy should win your ninth spot uh yeah. if there's a better option and a more versatile option too and Leverett, you know hutcherson his best thing is that he has this unreal punch i mean he punched um Who's the 70 Sam Renner and Sam Renner just off his feet onto the ground. Like he's the only lineman that sets somebody down with their punch. He's as strong as anybody on the team. I would say, I mean, just unbelievable how much power he packs, but he will lose late in reps a couple times. It happened. He lost late in a rep to Will Golston or somebody. And it was kind of like he had a great initial set and then they kind of pushed by him because he got top heavy and he started leaning too much. It's just not clean enough. I think to like trust him right now if there's a better option, but man, he is big and strong and I would love to work with him if I were the Bucks coaches, especially knowing that he's a high character guy that'll get after it. Um, I really think they're going to try and keep him around as much as they can to keep developing him. But at one point he lost a rep late to Golston, and it was kind of like, he stood him up with a great punch and all the, all the linemen were like, Oh, and then <laughs> Golston kind of like twisted that big long body and like flipped by him late in the rep and Nacho just lost his mind. Nacho is just like, he thought that was over. It wasn't over. Like he's just losing it, like running around the group. And so it was great energy. The whole session was great energy. There were lots of talented uh, performances and moments on both sides of it for sure. Uh, to me, Leverett has been the guy that stood out the most. But there were moments for other guys too. I mean, I, again, Brad Seaton hasn't been as impressive in the practices I've watched as, as Leverett has been. Um, so maybe that's more of a battle than we're kind of billing it as, but I mean, that's, that's your spot, right? You've got your Hanzy was out today, but you've got your Stinney and yeah. your, and your Josh Wells as your sixth, seventh guys. And then you've got Hanzy as the eighth guy. And then you really have Seton Leverett. Those guys are battling for it. And I really think right now Leverett's probably going to win it. And that's probably a surprise based on where we were at the beginning of training camp.
1: It was definitely a surprise. I don't think he, by any means, was the, the leader in the clubhouse, uh, to go back to a golf reference yeah. there for you. Um, the thing you said, though, about Nacho going crazy. He's such and a nerd, dude. <laughs>
0: no, I'm saying I just made a horrible, like a terrible joke about Pat Riley, and you're following it up with golf jokes. We're like out here, nerd life, dad life. <laughs> you're not I even mean, a dad I, yet.
1: I wouldn't classify myself as a nerd.
0: <laughs> nerd jokes.
1: I like to watch sports and. <laughs> stuff like that
0: golf make about jokes. yeah anyway exactly. go ahead sorry i interrupted you
1: well no i i was just gonna say i think that's another thing i love about this team is that all these players get just as hyped when their teammate makes a play mm-hmm. than when they make the play themselves i mean there's been countless times uh in training camp so far where you just see the sideline going crazy i mean you were talking about the other day where you said mike edwards ran like halfway across the field because I don't, I don't Evans, remember yeah. the place specifically. Yeah. Or maybe it was, it was Jane, Jane, Jane yeah. scored
0: and Mike Evans and, just <laughs> lost his mind. And,
1: I mean, you talk about team chemistry and things like that. I just, I yeah. don't know. I just love seeing guys, teammates, everyone just genuinely happy for someone else's success out there. Whether you're the number one guy or the last guy on the roster, right. this team, they just go all out for each other. And, uh, I mean, it speaks yeah. to why they won the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, no, it's 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 a great atmosphere. It's been a great atmosphere. It starts with the coaches. It trickles on down. I know we positive probably feels like we're just saying positive stuff. I I got. I'll throw in a couple negative things just so I can come back to them on the next show, just real quick at the end here. I mean, we can obviously talk about guys like Nate Brooks struggling, and Dee Delaney's and those types of players. You know, has there been anybody maybe for you that stood out that in a negative way that hasn't really impressed or popped much so far to you? I'll just I'll just say I don't think Shaq Barrett is been great and i don't think he's been dominant in any way i haven't noticed him at all um i've noticed a few times where there's not been much to say pause like he's not winning one-on-one i'm not freaking out i'm not trying to yeah i'm just trying to remain fair and unbiased i've said basically everybody on the team is having a great camp i i think Shaq's getting after it absolutely maybe he needs to shed that hoodie when they're practicing (laughs) it's a little more but no, I just don't think it's been a. I wouldn't say it's been a great camp for Shaq Barrett so far.
1: Yeah, uh, Shaq had a sack the other day. It's kind of funny to say when you know you're trying to not trying to rhyme it, but you do anyway. Um, and that kind of rhymed right there. But um, <laughs> you're, Shaq,
0: you're going off the rails. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, I mean, the guy that really struggled today and overall, I wouldn't say he's had a bad training camp. Just hasn't. Stood out a ton would be presidential Lenny. He struggled today. He had oh. some drops. Uh, There's a handoff to him in the red zone that he that he fumbled. Um, overall, in the passing game, like he's making receptions. He'll he'll make three catches and then drop the fourth. I just think if everyone wants to talk about the the running back competition between Rojo and Lenny, Rojo, Giovanni
0: Bernard's winning it.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think Rojo's had a couple more of those breakaway runs and things like that now granted maybe that's saying something of you know just better timing with the offensive line that's maybe not necessarily a Leonard Fournette thing again like you said with Shaq it's nothing to be worried about or concerned it's just if we were picking who's having a better camp I would say Rojo over Leonard Fournette right now
0: 100%
1: and like Leonard Fournette had a had a bad day. Jaden Mickens had a bad day last weekend when it was pouring rain out and he came back this week and has been great as we talked about. So like, I don't know, not the best day, but he, he'll bounce back. He'll be fine. He's I been mean, getting the, the first reps. Uh, he'll be
0: fine, but it is what it is with Leonard. And the more he touches yeah. the ball, the worse on this team, the worse your team probably is. It's the antithesis of what happened in Jacksonville with him, where he was everything for that offense because they were that destitute. Like they were just miserable as a unit and he should be nothing in this. I mean, I'm just, I'm not trying to be super critical of him. I'm just saying like Ronald Jones is clearly having the better camp right now. I don't think that we can judge a ton off of training camp for running backs. I've said I that before and I'll, I'll agree with that, you know, but I know Ronald Jones is a better runner and right now they're barely letting Ronald Jones touch the ball in the passing game. But Giovanni Bernard today, I mean, he got a pitch on a fourth and short situation in team scenario and Bernard sticks his foot in the ground and finds the gap and just dives through it for the first down. Leonard does not move that quickly; like he could not, he could not make that play. Like it's just not. He is the he is just the worst running back of the group. I I know that they feel like Ronald Jones is a roller coaster ride, but I said to some, I think I said to Jenna today, I watched practice. It's like really, or maybe it was to you, but only on this like team with Rojo would Leonard be considered like the more stable option. I just. I don't think that he is. And I think the upside with Rojo is just greater. And I know I love the playoff Lenny Lombardi, Lenny thing too, but training camp Lenny has not been great and neither was most of the time. I think
1: think it kind of goes back a little bit to what we're talking about with Tyler Johnson. And obviously Leonard Fournette has way more leeway and uh, stature in this league than, than Tyler Johnson. I think it's, again, it comes down to everyone kind of goes at their own pace and, Mm -hmm and how they attack practice and stuff like that. And I have no concerns about when it's game day, when it's September 9th, that presidential Lenny will be ready to go.
0: But, you know, uh, I, just have my pl- I have plenty of concerns, Matt. <laughs> That's fine.
1: That's fine. I, you know, if we, my concerns just, if we all disagreed all the time, that wouldn't be fun. That would not have... be fun
0: at all. I'm, I'm yeah. glad that you're in Lenny's corner. Cause when he drops a game winning pass, I'm going to, no, I'm just kidding.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'll when, come uh, back. He scores a touchdown in every single playoff game, buddy
0: there we go <laughs> there it is we gotta end this thing i'm having too to much celsius man virtual yeah celsius in your living golf life mug or cup yeah. has changed you for sure like look at that That's, the better. Changing That's right. the better. you've chugged half that and the amount of t- last few minutes on the I mean, air dude, this- it's been an hour I we, yeah, we do you, the show for an hour. I know, but you poured that in about halfway through. So no, 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 no. Well, I was drinking from the oh, can. Yeah. Okay, I, right, I, right. I
1: drank some from the can, and then I poured it into the glass. Great point. It's tough point. to see it without a liquid in it.
0: Great right point. Now. What now is that? What that's orange, and what flavor is that again? That was peach. That bacon?
1: was that was the. The peach green tea, peach mango green, peach wow. mango green. I always tea.
0: drink them in the can, so I have no idea what color any of them
1: are. I always drink them in the can too, so
0: huh. <laughs> I'm gonna try pouring them in glasses
1: now. Yeah, man, do put it in your it's living. It's gonna be a new thing. Class.
0: Everybody, get your glasses out. Yeah. Get, get your get a living golf life glass and pour out. your Celsius in it and listen to the Peter Report podcast. By the way, tomorrow reminder, eight p.m. Eastern. So we got a special. Nighttime edition of the Peter Report Pod. We'll talk some bucks. We'll talk about Friday's practice. Practice reports up already for today. By the way, in PeterReport.com, along with a bunch of stories. So check all those out. Details about practice we didn't talk about on this pod are in that report. So check that out tomorrow. JC and I will be out at practice. So make sure you check all that out. And we'll have content up on the site afterward. And then we'll have the pod at night, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait for it. We're going to talk some underdog fantasy. We're going to talk about bucks players and how they figure into the fantasy picture. Um, it's going to be great. So make sure you're tuned into that podcast. And then we'll have a whole series of great shows leading up to the first preseason game of the year next week. Can't even yeah. wait. It's going to be awesome. Until can't then, wait. thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast out subscribe to our youtube channel follow us
1: on instagram trivia coming up thursday trivia on our instagram look at it out